This is exactly right. It's 1943 in the Kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly and every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Babs Gray, and I don't know about you ladies, but I'm so ready for hot dog summer. (laughs) Uh, I'm Brandy Posey, and it's funny how there are no comedian destroys relationship videos. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Tess Parker, and I have two settings. Number one, I'm cold. Number two, I have to pee. (laughs) <laughs> and this is Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Hello! We got Barbara Brandy and of course Big Tess. We got a show for everyone that's the fucking best. Come on, baby. It's time to hang out with your favorite ladies. Lady to Lady. Lady to Lady. Yay! Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, Just a couple of quick plugs before we get into things. Um, June 3rd in Portland, Oregon, I am recording my next album at the Clinton Street Theater. Yay! Uh, Yeah, it's it's real funny. Uh, I feel real good about it. Uh, uh, Kickstandcomedy.com or my website or Lady to Lady's website will have the info for tickets. Um, Please come to that. If you live anywhere in the area whatsoever, it's a 200-seat theater. I would really love to pack it out. Bring all your friends. I'm going to have great openers. Um, Be there for... His herstory in the making. <laughs> That's the name of the album. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I've got a few plugs. I've got one for my blow dryer. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> one for your butt. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> We're so mature. We are very uh, mature. Funny were we professional women. comedians with yeah. Me. Speaking of, we are, because, mm. you know what? We're talking to Did a you legend. See that? Yeah. We are legend. talking to a legend today. I so excited. We've been so excited yes. ever since we knew this guest was going to be coming on the show. I've been telling strangers about this. I'll be like getting my dry cleaning. I'm like uh, in a week. I'm recording with. Should we say it now? Say it. Say it. it. Oh my God. She's had a million specials and written books, and she's just amazing. We have Paula Poundstone on the show today, you guys. Woo! Such a treat. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Does does each cat is is like the do they they have a look or a collar or something that reminds you of the uh, subscription service that they are that they are unlocking? (laughs) They're all named after. Yeah, yeah. Come on, this is Theo. A- yeah, Netflix two four seven. Yeah, I was about to say, aka Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> and then I what? Honestly, I don't have Netflix. I don't have. I don't have any TV that you have to pay for. You're not wrong. Um, uh, uh, and uh, I mean, I watch. If I'm on the, you know, if I'm in a hotel, I watch cable. But at home, I've never had cable. Yeah, it hits better um, in a hotel anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, at home, I don't really have time mostly to sit down and and, you know, watch a TV show. Uh, but it, don't get me wrong. I have DVDs and videos. 
but then you know I do it on my own. That's intentional. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And and with no commercials, it's funny. Every now and then I'll be on the road and I'll be flipping the you know the, use a clicker, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'll come across a movie that I like, and and I'll stop and watch it. And I and as I'm you know living through endless commercials, I think to myself. Why am I watching something? It's literally taking all day. Yeah, it's right? it's it's insane. It is. Yeah, they take of, a ninety-minute so movie and turn it into three hours. Honestly, yeah. and I have it at home on perhaps right. even Laserdisc. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and it, yeah, it's you. Yeah, we were wondering who's still doing the Laserdisc. Paula Poundstone, everybody. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I have like. I have like five VCRs no. backups. No. Yeah, no. because if one breaks, you can't find them anymore. Because of, uh, right, exactly. Yeah. Because they're going to be you, you're not going to be able to get them, and so Sorry. I'm on a constant uh, VCR search. You still have there's definitely that. like a videotape. I don't want to say resurgence, but there's a there's a store down the street by me where you can mm-hmm. buy them. There's a new one opening up next to them soon. Mm-hmm. So there is some pockets. We've got some pockets. There. Absolutely. See, I like that. What about uh, yeah. do you have the rewinder machine, just the a la carte rewinder? I do. <laughs> although mine, the one that I think I do. Okay. Yes. I because about that those. saves the, um, yeah. I'm told that saves like the little engine or whatever yeah. it is in the. VCR. Yeah. Um, the other thing I like to do, you know, on a, like a cold rainy day where you're inside, is just to rewind the tape by hand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, some people it's a workout, a wrist, yeah. you know, you get your wrists going. People some people like their thumb some. muscle a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's the same yeah, as all. crocheting, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah, thing. exactly. <laughs> Mo, come here. My dog is whining at the door. Oh, Come here. What kind of dog do you have? I have two big dogs. Here, I'll no, show please. you. Please. Um, okay, this is Sirius. Hi, Sirius. And, Sirius. Uh, Sirius. He's uh, he's part German Shepherd and part bear. Big baby. And uh, Mo, come here. <whistles> Mo. Okay. <laughs> That's Mo. Mo's not a podcast oh. fan. Oh my God! What a beauty. Oh. Yeah, Moe's gorgeous. Isn't she? Yeah. And she's not nice. That's it's, classic. She looks like the sweetest dog in the world, yeah. but she's not nice. I have, she can afford to be. When you're that pretty, yeah. you can just be a bitch, you know? I have a not nice yeah. dog, too, so I solidarity. Isn't it weird? Yeah. Because people, when I'm walking her, people will be like, oh, can I pet your dog? Or they'll even start to pet her without asking yeah. because she's uh, she's part golden retriever, but she's she also part Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. But she just looks like a big golden retriever and people are like, what's a golden retriever? Of course you pet him. Yeah. Uh, and she'll be like, <laughs> not friendly at all. I know. Um, I used to during at the, uh, when, when everything was starting to open back up, I, I ran an open mic in my backyard for a minute. Cause I was, you know, just kind of getting back into things. And I called it the don't pet the dog open mic because my dog would be running around <laughs> the yard and be like, don't, don't, don't pet, pet him. You got to put Bad in the idea. <laughs> My dogs are like, Not nice. they're so nice that I kind of have to like tell people, like people take it personally, like, oh, they love me. I'm like, well, <laughs> love they, lo- you, they you love everyone. Yeah. Yeah. They- <laughs> so you take a- any good feeling that a person could get from the exchange of petting yeah. your dog, any, any positive lift. <laughs> You strip it away yeah. from them. I yeah. see. Not special. <laughs> Not special. Yeah. yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Because you know what? Don't mollycoddle them. You got it. People have to be prepared to face the yeah. real world. Yes. And in the, you know, in the real world, dogs don't like you. Yeah, yeah. Or, or at the very least, they're indiscriminate whores who 
Like everyone. Yeah. Like everyone. Yeah. Like everybody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Paula, I love your Ricky pa- and Lucy behind you. Oh, thank you. It's a bench. Really? Uh, oh, cool. It's a life size. Yeah, I'll show you. It's a life size Ricky and Lucy. Oh my God, that is so great. I love it because it, yeah. it feels like nice? they're like whispering in your both of your ears a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And there, and there might be, and there might see they start out nice and then they fight. <laughs> so, uh, were you? Uh, did Lucy, you watch also. a lot of I Love Lucy when you were a kid? I love I love really? Lucy. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, when I was. I was the youngest in my family and my mother would get the other kids off to school before I was in school. She would get the other kids off to school and then she would go back to bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sort of left to, you know, it's not like the Bronx. It, it, uh, you know, it's not like I was wandering around, you know, some big city, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, uh, you know, I was left to sort of figure it out for myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I did gravitate to, of course, was the, the black and white, Three station television in the in the basement, mm-hmm. and uh, I Love Lucy was syndicated, uh, um, and it was on in the morning, and so were the Three Stooges, mm-hmm. and uh, so I I feel like I was babysat by uh, <laughs> by the Three Stooges and and I Love Lucy, and there were children's shows on, but I didn't care for them. Yeah. Uh, I, I was really, I mean, I was as disappointed as the next person when. Miss Jean from Romper Room didn't say my name when she looked through the magic mirror. <laughs> but yes, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. A lot of the Romper Room stuff just did nothing well, for me. Well, I think me. that's the thing about Lucy. So, I showed my nieces Lucy a, a few months ago and they thought it was funny. And so we're oh, now yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah it's out. evergreen. Like, and it's kind of like the first sitcom and they just got it right and we never were able to replicate it. Like, it's kind of it appeals to all ages it's timeless like it's yeah. like, just so solid yeah no it's great it started out as a radio show actually oh, um ironically in in new york and then they moved it out to los angeles which is the opposite of the <laughs> i love lucy's story which is that they were you know in new york yeah. and uh but um well, and she didn't yeah. want to do it because TV was kind of a risky thing and she had a good thing going with the radio show. Like it was a super popular yeah. radio show. Yeah, it's a great, um, there's a, uh, the guy, oh, what's the guy? Oh, ah, I guess Jess Oppenheimer yes. was uh, one of the, uh, one, originally one of the writers and then went on to, I think, I don't know, be one of the big wigs on it. Uh, and uh, he wrote an autobiography that that, you know, it's not like a, it's it's not like you're you know reading about Napoleon or Ben Franklin or something. Yeah. Um, it's a it's it's a fairly thin volume, but, but he would like you to think it. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I love Lucy's strategy, but yeah, it was fun to. It was a fun read. Was Lucy and the Stooges formative for? Would you consider? I I think you're a pretty physical comedian. Like when I think about you, do you think about yourself that way? No. no. Okay. No. No. Uh, there's that one thing that I usually do with the person in the front row where I run a saw over their head. And that may have been influenced by the three stooges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. see that. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've run into some legal trouble with that bit, by the oh, way. Really? Oh, really? Uh, Shocking. Yeah. 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 Can you imagine? <laughs> I showed Everyone? my, I showed my kids the three stooges and, uh, you know, and I did make the little speech before I showed it to him. I said, you know, you can't, 
hit someone with a hammer. <laughs> you can't <laughs> run a saw over their head. And, you know, and they were disappointed. But um, the biggest speech that I made before I showed a television show was before I showed them Leave it to Beaver. Mm. Uh, because Leave it to Beaver is one of the funniest sitcoms ever made. It's the earlier episodes that are the that are the really great ones, like many shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it was about it, it, it's the name of the show was misleading. Um, it, it really wasn't a show about Beaver. No. It was a show uh, originally, anyways. It was a show about Ward, who was the father. Ward's struggle to parent, mm. and in fact, mm. in the early days of the show. He started out with a little monologue and ended up with a little like epilogue speech. Mm. And uh, I, I don't think most people know that or see it from, you know, see it from that perspective. But anyways, when I showed them that show, uh, which I have on video, I, I, I said, uh, I go, OK, before you watch this, you have to understand something. No one has a happy family. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, that's what families are. It's getting up every day. It's struggling to cope with one another. That's what families are. No one vacuums in their pearls. No. And no one solves a problem in 22 minutes. Yes. Yes. That's kind of a comforting thing about growing up is you do realize you're like, oh, every family is is a mess. There's just. You know what? I didn't know that. And I really resented it. That I, when I found out, uh, when I found out, I really resented it that no one let me know that. Yeah. Right. Um, because, yeah, no one you know, tells you that because everyone's no, trying to no act one perfect. And a, and a lot of our, you know, our struggles were not things that we told other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. And, and I don't know, maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I don't know. But, uh, but I, you know, I just thought it was just us. And then, uh, you know, I, I was probably, you know, 17 years old before. I re- and now even mm-hmm. there are days where, uh, you know, even if I'm social, even if I'm out with other people, I may be the most sane person in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which it's always a, a just, moment to realize it didn't it didn't seem possible when I was younger. <laughs> I mean, I was just I was just absolutely without, you know, you don't even have to. I didn't even have to find the. it didn't matter what individuals I was in the room with. Mm-hmm. I was I was always easily the nuttiest person in the room. As far as I knew. Right. Right. Um, right. As far as you know. Everyone else is just it, hiding theirs, mm-hmm. which is. Yeah. And then it turns out, you know, you talk to anybody for more than a few minutes and you find out they're, they're mad as a hatter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a circus made entirely of clowns on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> We're all mad here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's kind of true. And, yeah. and that's the good news and the bad news. But, right. you know, it's when they're like, oh, you know, mental health shouldn't be. You know, mental health problems should be stigmatized. No, they absolutely shouldn't be stigmatized because who's fooling who? That's like saying, you know, I'm I, my feet are ugly. Yeah, everybody's feet are ugly. Yeah. <laughs> There's just it's not a it's not an attractive appendage. It just isn't. That, that's why you put shoes yeah. on. This and this I, is making me want to see if you have a wiki feet, Paula. Oh, Hold God. on. I, what are wiki feet? Already. So, 
Googling it. We talked about it a lot on the show. A lot of female comedians have been placed on this website where somebody finds every photo available of your bare feet. Oh, no one's ever had a photo of my bare feet. Bless you. Yeah. Well, there you go. No search. No search results. Paula Poundstone, the only female comic on a wiki feet. Congratulations. (laughs) That's just weird that people would have such a thing. I mean, again, again, yeah, yeah. Everyone's mad. Everyone's mad in good, in good and bad ways. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I do think I also went through a phase as a, you know, sort of as a performer. Mm-hmm. I, and, uh, you know, this is like an embarrassing thing to admit, but so be it. Um, where I somehow thought that my, you know, that my, it, 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 I, I just sought out my own personal drama, like a heat seeking missile, <laughs> because I had this idea that it's somehow added yes. to my, you know, my performerhood mm-hmm. somehow, you know, uh, you know, that I, if I was, if I was deeply troubled that, you know, it would, I, it, my art would somehow flourish, yeah. which is such crap. Yeah. And uh, I don't know who started that stupid idea, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I must've seen some movie or something that told me that. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's such a thing that we're, that I thought too. I like my twenties. I was like, "Oh, I'm just going to do all this stupid stuff just to talk about it on stage." Yeah. And I'm like, so messed up. And this is who I am because that's what comics are. Because we tell the truth. And it's like, uh, yeah, all right, such shut a little up. crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't need to it, it really out. It's is like an old, <laughs> yeah, life will find like a way. Old wives' tale about our business, you know, mm-hmm. about or about performers mm-hmm. or, or quote unquote artists. Um, it's just like an old wives' tale, mm-hmm. and I fell for it <laughs> hook line and sinker i remember I, I used to in fact i okay this is before when i was 17 i was a senior in high school and i went i went to uh i went away to a school for fucked up kids and uh, it was like a residential therapeutic program and uh you know basically it was a holding bin for people for kids who they didn't quite know what to do with um and uh and I remember one day there was somebody that was visiting uh, the, uh, uh, I lived in a house of 16 kids and uh, you know, there was lots of group, uh, lots of group activities and, and a lot of uh, group therapy. And, uh, and I remember one day though, there was some sort of professional that was visiting and I happened to be sitting near them. And I think they were trying to engage me in, in a reflective conversation or something. And I blurted out to this person that uh, it's true. I had read a lot of uh, Judy Garland biographies, mm. um, and uh, I, you know, I'd gone through a very, a very solid Judy Garland phase in my reading. And uh, and I said to this person, "I go, I want to be like Judy Garland." And she looked at me like I had two heads, and she goes, "Well, that's." Kind of a strange, like it's kind of a strange goal. And it's true, like after reading these books about her struggle, but I think that's partly where I got this idea. Okay. You yeah. know, that like, because one of the things that Judy Garland would, would do, and, and by the way, one of the things I might have been able to recognize by reading her biographies was that our lives were not similar in any way. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't recognize that. I thought I was like her, except for I, you know, I didn't really, I didn't have a powerful 
historic singing voice. I, I didn't start on stage when I was two. I did, you know. But other than that, we were like neck and neck. She was my chief competitor. Yeah, right there. Peers. Um, yes. But I do think that's part of where, because, okay, so one of the things she would do is like when she had a television show at one point, and they did all this stuff to try to um, uh, uh, accommodate her, whether it did or not, I'm not certain. But like one of the things was they had this uh, yellow brick road painted up to her trailer. Mm. Uh, I mean, whether Judy Garland really required that, wanted that, <laughs> if that cheered her up, I have no idea. But they did stuff like that, you know, deferring to her. And uh, she would um, go into her trailer mm -hmm. and then not come out when it was time to shoot the show. I don't know how many times it happened, but I had read about it. Um, in these uh, biographies that I read of her. And uh, so I was just so excited at the prospect of being able to, I don't think, I never even had a trailer, but uh, I was just so excited about the prospect of, of having people want me to come out and me not coming out. <laughs> That's power. That was what I desired. That yes. That's a move, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't, you know, I did get over it at a certain point. I forget when. It took a while. Um, but I really did, like, more, more than, you know, I'm always, I'm sure you guys do the same, which is, I'm, there's a Roomba in my head, I think, mm -hmm. that is just constantly um, trying to vacuum up uh uh, shit I could use on course. stage. Yeah, of yes. course. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like constantly. Mm -hmm. And, and like, and I've been doing this job for 43 years. And so, uh, I don't even, I don't even think about the Roomba in my head anymore. It's just there. It's yeah. just a natural, you know, it's the same as opening a soda, you know, I just, it's just there. Yeah. And, uh, but there was, uh, so I'm not a person that often sits down in a chair and writes uh, as a for for like jokes. Mm -hmm. Right. I've yeah. sat down a, a chair and written books. I've sat down in a chair and written other things. But I just, you know, to that's not how I come up with my my act for the most part. Um, so much more than, quote unquote, writing, I, I focused on this idea of not coming out of the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> have, have, somewhere along the way i figured out that maybe that wasn't where the heart of the work lies yeah yeah <laughs> have you ever barricaded yourself in a green room though because you've been in many a green room which is the i have been trailer. in many a green room most green rooms you really don't want to stay in that's true i, mean, that's I think point. they probably Very made true. a trailer really nice that's fair you're like do i want to stay back here and smell chicken fingers or do i want to perform right yeah, yeah. do you want to <laughs> sit on a couch that ollie joe oh, Prater vomited on no not really <laughs> no i'll pace no. thank you so much yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know when i worked clubs which is a thousand years ago but when i worked clubs um uh oh, somebody's crying. Oh, it's Theo. Yeah, when I when I when I worked clubs, the the most badly behaved performers, by the way, were often the ones that the that the club owners talked about, and they would talk about them like as if you know. Mm. Let me just give you one example. So there's a guy that used to book some stuff in the middle of the country, and uh, 
he would drive me, you know, he he would book me in one club and then he would drive me to a one nighter somewhere mm-hmm. uh, outside of there, right? A lot of long hours and not a person that I would seek out in any other capacity. I mean, he was okay, but we weren't like huge. We interact with a lot of people who you're like, oh, you're in my sure. life yeah. because of comedy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's yeah. a mild hostage um, situation, yeah. but I, a willing host. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's a coworker, but yeah. you're stuck right. in, you know, like everybody has, most people have coworkers. Yeah. But you're stuck in a tight, you know, the coworkers driving. Buddy comedy. It's like when you're in the, it's like yeah. you were in the junior high and your mother drove you everywhere. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yes. It was. Uh, it could get awkward. But anyways, this guy would tell me about there was a comic named Ollie Joe Prater who he told me stories of. He'd say, and I had I don't think I'd ever even met the guy when when he first. I don't think I'd ever met Ollie Joe Prater when this guy first started telling me about him. Mm-hmm. But he would say like, oh, we just had Ali Joe last week. You know, he says, he says, uh, oh, you know, I, he was watching. It was a two show Friday night or something. He says, I, he watched Johnny Carson's monologue. And then he walked out on stage and did jokes from Johnny Carson's oh, monologue. And I'm like, well, that's awful. Yeah. Wow. You know? And then he's like, yeah, yeah, it's awful. The guy just, you know, he's, he's a thief. He steals stuff. And that was so blatant. It's awful. Yeah. And goes, yeah. And in the, in the, cause they used to make you stay in these God awful apartments that all the comics stayed in at each no week. Windows. And he goes, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, yeah. And he threw up behind the couch and, you know, he fucked like two waitresses that, you know, now have like some sort of disease. And uh, and and I'm like, oh, my God, that's awful. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah. I'm having him back next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a rock star, you know? Yeah. Like no one's no one's bad behavior ever seemed. It's sort of like sort of like Trump lovers. Yeah. You know, it's like nobody's bad behavior I ever seemed to put them, you know, cut into their business. Or you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's horrible. Yeah, because the guys yeah. thought he was cool for it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they're like, man, that guy. Uh, is yeah, I, I don't know. Artist. Yeah, there was a funny. There was a weird. Well, I think it may have been the you know, like, oh, he's such a great performer. Yeah. Right. You know, he's got all these weird behaviors, mm-hmm. uh, but he's, you see, that maybe just added mm-hmm. to my Judy Garland thing. Yes. Exactly. You know, maybe that just, that, probably him telling me that story gave me another year of, of uh, odd focus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Somewhere along the way, I did figure it out, but I, I would say that it was, uh, you know, it was later <laughs> than one might have hoped. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of comedy condos that have made me want to, would make me want a trailer that I would never leave either. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh, is it disgusting? I stayed in one one time in Raleigh, North Carolina. What was it? Charlie Goodnights mm-hmm. uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I swear, I swear to you, I am not making this up. The number eight on the phone didn't work. And there were no such thing as cell phones back then. So then, you know, it was a phone on a wall in the kitchen of this apartment they made you stay in. And the number eight on the phone didn't work. And so we couldn't order pizza because there was an eight in the pizza number. And it was like something out of a Steve Wright joke. He used to do a joke about a phone that had like one number that didn't work. But it was in real life. 
And, you know, you'd tell the guy who ran the club, like, yeah, I can't, you know, I have no, because you're not near anything. You're not, it's not like you're staying in a downtown area. You're staying, yeah, I have no way. I can't get food. Yeah. Yeah, that phone's been broken for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you might want to do something about that before Ollie Joe gets in. (laughs) He's probably the reason the phone didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. threw up on it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so any of those common rooms, uh, like a green room, yeah, you wouldn't, uh, you wanted to really get out of as quickly yeah. as you could. They're not, right. they're not yeah. surfaces. That's yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, not really. Well, we're gonna take a quick break out of our green room. That didn't work, yeah. and we'll be right back, everybody. <laughs> Lady to Lady, and we're back with Paula Poundstone. Um, we'll oh, sorry. Back. I talk a lot. No, you're phenomenal. Problem. This is great. It's you're great. Problem. You're amazing. No, it's, a, we... it's a big problem. <laughs> I'll tell you something. It's not like Be you make a that. living doing it's... it. So. Whoa! <laughs> I'm not supposed to be the last one in the room <laughs> at a show. <laughs> but a lot of the people just can't stay as long as I talk. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> One okay. of the things I've started doing at my shows is selling postcards uh, so that at about two hours of me being on stage, as the audience gets homesick, they can just take out a postcard. <laughs> write, a, write a Civil War letter to their loved ones. <laughs> Right, exactly. Jot a little something to those at home. Like I don't here. know when I will. When I shall return, yeah. I will. Miss, missing you, thinking of you. Yeah. Okay, well, we're gonna play a game to get to know we're you a little better and ask some questions. Games. We are. What do you mean? Get to know me a little better. Yes. I've already <laughs> told you that I idolized Judy Garland when I was very young, and that I went to a school for fucked up kids. <laughs> Did they do the thing where they kidnapped you and brought you to the school? Because I know no, people who've done that. N- yeah, not exactly. No, I, I, they didn't. But I um, just getting the yeah. soda out of the old fridge. No, get it. Get it. I uh, <clears throat> um, no, I, I I was a little bit tricked to go, to be honest. But uh, oh, I hate it when people say, "To be honest," because <laughs> don't you? Yeah, because it, it indicates that, that that's somehow else, the ex- right. Right, the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, but but anyways, I was a, a little bit tricked uh, to... Yeah, because I've had friends who went to similar places and they were like in the middle of the night, like someone showed up and took them. And Oh, yeah. What do they scary. used to call it? A knock? My son used to call it something like knock and I forget. Yes, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, no, it, I, I wasn't kidnapped, but I, I was tricked. Um, but in the end, I was... Glad that I was there. Uh, some of my uh, um, best friends um, to this day uh, are, are I, I know as a result of having been oh, there. Yeah, that's great. So in that way, and and it was very unique. Yeah, you know, you were, um, you know, you almost couldn't explain it to anybody outside of there um, because well, I mean, some sorry that was you. Well, no, it was just so. It was just so different than 
regular life. I was going to say it makes sense because they're putting all the kids who they don't know what to do with in one place. Of course, they're going to yeah. find awesome. each other. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many of those kids became stand-up comics? Because I feel like that's a very similar <laughs> beginning. Uh, a bunch of kids. No, again, that's just what we no, think. No, I know. I'm, I'm, you know I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The truth is, you know, when people know. talk about, you know, the tears of the clown. And right. I used yeah. to draw pictures of clowns crying. I was so dramatic when I was young. Of course. Um, but, uh, you know, that's how I saw myself. Mm -hmm. Because because some, you know, because between Judy Garland and maybe Red Skelton or something, that idea was put in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, but it's ridiculous. If you want to find unhappy people, right, you know, like with Tears of a Clown, uh, you know, fuck that. What about the Tears of a Meat Packer? Yeah. There's... You know, many more, you know, yes. the thing about comedy mm -hmm. is that it's uplifting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we get, you know, people will say to me like, uh, you know, somebody will say, well, I don't like, I don't know. They'll, they'll go, oh, do you like, you know, like, oh, do you, I really like comedy. Well, of course you like comedy. Everybody likes what That's ridiculous. It's like saying I like music. Yeah, everybody likes music. <laughs> uh, you may like one particular kind, yeah. but what kind of a fool wouldn't like this thing that gives you a, a, a happy chemical release in your brain? It's the best. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good. It's good for you. Yeah. Uh, when I was in the school for fucked up kids, I had just gotten turned on to Bob and Ray, the old radio team, mm -hmm. before I arrived there. They were. Uh, I think they were making, um, let's see, they had taken their, some of their scripts and put it into a book called Write If You Get Work, I think it was. And uh, I had heard them. I mean, they were really like my father's age entertainers, but they had this resurgence uh, when I was in high school. And uh, so I had heard them on uh, maybe The Tonight Show or something. Mm -hmm. And so I knew the cadence of their voices. Uh, I didn't know all their routines, but I knew the cadence of their voice. So I had this book with me when I went to the school for fucked up kids. And one of the things that I used to do uh, at night, I, I, I was in a room with like six girls, I think. And uh, I would read aloud to them from this Bob and Ray book. And I would read it in the same cadence right. as how Bob and Ray had. Well, they thought I was a genius, but I was just <laughs> copying uh, Bob and Ray. But it yeah. was just so. And, and it may be that that was as healing and helpful as anything else that ever took place in that place. More likely. Uh, yeah. Just how hard we laughed. Uh, it was great. Did you have a conscious you always, feeling like when you were doing that? Like, oh, shit, this is awesome. Making people laugh. Like, I want to do this. I always, I, 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 I always gravitate. The first sentence of the last paragraph in a summary letter written by my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Bump, in May of 1965, says, I have enjoyed many of Paul's humorous comments about our activities. <laughs> kindergarten. I always gravitated to that. You know, I became, uh, I, uh, I, I found Mrs. Bump or she found me or something, uh, I don't know, maybe 30 years ago. And, uh, oh. you know, we had a couple of exchanges. I talked to her on the phone one time, and she came to see me one time in New Hampshire. 
And then I, you know, lost track of her again. And I assumed she had probably died. And I got an email from her uh, literally like a couple months ago. And the subject line was, I'm still alive. Mrs. Bond. That's amazing. Isn't that great? Yeah. And she's like, she's 90 something and she lives with her daughter and uh, uh, in Vermont, I think. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. (laughs) She was a terrific kindergarten teacher. First of all, to have, it was, I think, impactful to have an adult recognize something that they sincerely seem to enjoy about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that 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 alone was probably pretty formative. I mean, my first grade teacher said my handwriting wasn't good and I cried a lot. Yeah. That wasn't helpful. <laughs> that mean that meant you were going to be a comic because I know it's going to be dramatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So when did you like start stand up then? Where was your first set? Boston, Boston. In uh, I was 19 years old, busting tables for a living. Uh, by the way, that is the job that I am most qualified for. <laughs> I I was a really good table busser, mm-hmm. like like a change your life table busser, like <laughs> like you know among comics. I'm probably, I bet you, and I don't know all the comics anymore, but. I'll, well, there's too I'll, many. That would be impossible. Yeah. I'll bet you I'm somewhere in the top 200, I would guess. Definitely. It's just a guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Very modest. But <laughs> among table bussers, <laughs> I, I would put myself in the top 10. Really? Wow. In the. Yeah. Now, are you still like when you go out to eat? Are you someone that buses for the busser? Like, do you get your shit all stacked nice and? No, okay. no. Right. You've done your time. I've, I have separately tipped busers before, That's and nice. uh, and certainly I acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. But I, I've even written them notes before. Uh, oh. um, but uh, but n- no, um, I I have had the experience where something spills and I jump up right yeah. away, mm-hmm. uh, and start to clean it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I was a good table buster. When I left, they had to hire like three people. So you're busting tables. <laughs> like what made you decide to do that first set? Well, I had had fantasies of, um, we had like street performers in Boston, like in the Boston common that I had seen, you know, before. And, uh, I was under the impression that they just went out there one day and started talking. Right. Um, you know, there were jugglers and mimes and things like that, too. Um, not lots and lots of them, but some of them. And I had seen this. And so I really thought, OK, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, it didn't occur to me that I would have anything prepared to do it, by the way. I just <laughs> thought that I would one day go to the bus and come and start talking to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who lived by the Boston Commons, like that's still happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was never much of a planner. Um, and then, uh, so that was really that was really what I thought I was going to do. And then, while during the period where I was getting up my courage to do that, and I never did get up my courage to do that, but during that same time, um, I happened to have gone with the manager of. A restaurant that I bought tables at. Uh, she had a friend 
who played in a band and they were playing at a place called the Inman Square Saloon or the, that they are the Springfield Street Saloon, maybe, um, which became the Ding Ho. But it which was a, you know, a well-known comedy club back there, back then in Boston. A lot of guys lay claim to that being their their, their training ground. Um, and while we were there seeing the band, there was a flyer up on the wall that said that every other Sunday there was a comedy show, a stand-up comedy show there uh, 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 produced by the Comedy Connection. And, uh, it, you know, it was only recently that I talked to one of the guys there were two men that started this company called the Comedy Connection, and not like literally within the last two years, uh, I was reunited over the phone with one of them, and I asked him, "Gee, how did you guys start doing that to begin with?" And and basically, they decided that seemed like a fun idea, and so I think they ran an ad in the paper or or in the classifieds or something, asking you know if, if people who thought they were funny or whatever could come do this thing and uh so because the guys that i saw and some of them are still working but the guys that i saw when i went to one of those shows um were terrible uh (laughs) yeah because they had no because they had very little experience behind what they were doing so instead of you know now if somebody asks you well how do you become a comic so well you do open mic nights that's how you do it that's that's like college yeah. for, you know, that's how you learn. Um, but these guys didn't have that background. They they just started. There was no right. open mic night. They were just these shows. And so some of them were really, really bad. And the same for me. Um, I, you know, I hung around. I let the I let the comedy connection guys know that I would like to do this. And the first time I ever did a show, it wasn't an open mic night. It was a show right. as if, you know, as if I'd been around forever. Wow. And, um, but they would introduce you saying it was your first time when it was your first time, yeah. which is why your second time sucks so badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everyone's really nice your first time. But you're time. already yeah, addicted. Yeah. That's exactly that. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the second time they pretend that, you know, you're, you, you know, you're a seasoned, uh, <laughs> you, 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 you know, you're, you're an iron skillet. And... Uh, <laughs> And you go on and the fall from grace is so rapid and so hard. Uh, And then you're just crawling out of that for the next, I don't know how many sets. I mean, part of my, when people ask me how to get into stand-up, I do say go to open mics and watch because people aren't good at it. And you're going to be like, I can do this. You're going to see a lot of people who aren't good and you're going to think, I'm at least as good as this. So I can try it myself. (laughs) You know what? I found watching people that were bad was a lot more instructive uh, than yes, watching yes. people that were good yeah. because people who are good, if they're really good, you, you almost can't see what they're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. when they're bad, you go, boy, I saw that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you, it, it's like, it's like uh, drawing something where you're uh, from the outside you know, where you never fill in, like if you're drawing a picture of a person, you're just, you're, you're just filling in the stuff on, on the outside. And then you find the frame of the price, like backwards art. 
Um, right, right. Because, yeah, when I saw what I didn't want to do, I, I I avoided some pitfalls. Um, <laughs> and, and it sort of helped me craft a little bit what I did want to do. Did you Do you remember um, any of those early things that you saw that you knew that you didn't want to do? Mm-hmm. I do. Um, people saying to the audience that they're having a bad time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, telling the audience... Telling the audience that the audience isn't Thank good enough. Thank you. I when a host says that, especially, yes, it drives worst. me up a fucking wall. Yeah. It, yep. Way to drive the energy and everybody's confidence in the show just right into the ground. Yeah. You know, my high school math teacher remains a, a a close friend of mine, and she has grandchildren now, and uh, um. And by the way, she married my high school biology teacher. Aww. So it was an interdepartmental marriage and it's very <laughs> full of love and math yeah. and biology. Um, love and math. <laughs> but she, she has grandchildren now and she sent me a video one day of her granddaughter who's five. And she sent it like with kind of a, you know, jokingly saying in the email, um, oh, do you think she has a future? Um, but apparently this five-year-old daughter, a granddaughter, has somewhere discovered the idea of stand-up comedy. I don't know, watching TV, I don't know. Or somebody showed it to, I don't know. But what I was struck by in this little video, so she's the little girl, the little five-year-old girl, has her grandparents sitting like they're the audience. Mm -hmm. And and they were very responsive, by the way. Um, And the girl's just telling jokes, right? Jokes that you would read in like a kid joke book. And... They so her grandparents would laugh, and then the girl would go, "Oh, come on!" She'd go like that, you know. That's all that gets. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow!" I mean, how did she stumble upon uh... that technique, which is so flawed and so awful? <laughs> it kind of made me a little bit sad. I felt like, "Ew!" That's what kids take away, like from, <laughs> right. when they see, like yeah. so. I mean, whatever she had seen <laughs> had to have been either like a send up of a stand up comic. Like I don't know, I've never seen The Simpsons, but. Maybe it was on some. It might have been making fun of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. It might have been some sort of sarcastic portrayal of right. of a comic. Yeah. But yeah, I've always loathed that, both as an audience member, as a person waiting to go on, mm-hmm. um, and as a performer. Why would I want to tell people who came to see me that they're inadequate? Yeah, it's <laughs> a thousand percent. And yeah, and it, it would be like going to a party and walking up to every single person you meet, like this blows a dick, right? Sucks yeah, that yeah. we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Then go, go to the person who's never heard that. And be like, I've never heard that expression blows a dick. And if you, You're welcome. Am I correct that in the right hands that would be considered That's a, a compliment? Thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, in the right, in the I mean, right if, mouth, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If a guy heard this blows a dick, wouldn't you just perk up and go, well, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I never heard that expression. I'm going to start using it. I'll tell you that. Oh, my, God. <laughs> oh my gosh. Blows a dick. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad we could get that to you, Paul. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm really. I feel like. Um, was it Ariel who sang A Whole New World? Yes. Because. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. That's where I, I feel like I'm standing on the precipice of a, of a whole new world. Like, I, I don't remember vocabulary words very well, even though I have an ongoing uh, I have a podcast. It's called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And one of the things that we've, we've been doing it for about, I don't know, four years or so. And for the majority of that four years, I have a little segment where I do a vocabulary word and the sort of running joke. And it's not a joke, really. It's just a fact that happens to be sort of funny, which is that none of us can remember any of the words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it just takes up time, I guess, because we really don't, we, of all the words that we've done, mm-hmm. and I used to do a thing where I would do a song each week and the song um, had four of the, four of the of vocabulary words in it. Um, and then the following week, the, 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 the last one of the four would get knocked off the song mm. and the new one would get added on, which means that every word that we did was on for four weeks mm-hmm. that, you know, for the, you know, cause yeah, repetition yeah, yeah. and all. Yeah. Yeah. And I still, uh, you know, the, my, I think there, there's like four voices on our show and none of us, <laughs> can remember more than about two of the words. That's that the done. law of podcasting. For us, as soon as you say it, it for, yeah. leave your brain. I don't remember anything yeah. I've said on here. We've done this for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But I think blows a dick is going to stay <laughs> with I think you. it is too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because there's a visual, there's an action. We've got a nice K at the end. And Paula, yeah. like, to know that I added that to your vernacular is something that I make, That's... I may get brought up to the stage with that now yeah <laughs> <laughs> one time I was one of the things that was really helpful to me was hosting mm-hmm. open right. mic oh, nights yes, because you learn because so you you learn a tremendous amount mm-hmm. I, I got um I got hired frequently at a place called the other cafe in San Francisco uh which was my favorite club ever it was only there for six years um but uh, kindly, um, the guys who ran it, uh, would invite me to host their open mic night, not every week, but many weeks. And it was, this is like when I only had like five minutes of material. And so you, you know, you used everything in the room, Mm -hmm. you used the people in the room, right? It was really a great, uh, playground and, and, and a great kind of training ground. Yeah. And, uh, um, but you know, you, you're saying the same thing over and over again, because back in those days, this is the early eighties. Um, there was a ton of people that wanted to go on. And by the way, the clubs were full. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't that shit where you had to bring somebody with you mm-hmm, or you right. had to pay to go on or any of that crap. The audiences were, um, were loving, uh, um, the resurgence of stand-up comedy in San Francisco and in Boston and in a bunch of different cities around the country, but I worked out of Boston and San Francisco. And um, so you know, there were some really hot crowds yeah. and everybody was anxious to get on in front of that hot crowd. Um, so, you know, you're doing, uh, you know, please welcome, you know, mm-hmm. you're really going to like him, uh, you know, uh, this, this next guy, you're, you know, and they, they would want to give you this list of shit to oh, introduce yeah. them oh, with. Yeah. And it's no just one like, no one, no one cares, right? <laughs> just go. You're, you're only as good as how you do right yes. now. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, but so 
one night, uh, it was actually someplace else that I was emceeing, but nonetheless, I was emceeing an open mic night and, uh, and this long list of open micers and none of them were new. They were, you know, they were usual suspects. And um, cause guys that were working would still come do open mic night. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, so I had done so many of, you're really going to like them, you know, please welcome. <laughs> you're really going to like them. Please welcome. So just because I had repeated it so many times, I just thought it would be funny to say, this next guy is awful. Uh, <laughs> you're just going to fucking hate him. And I chose who I did it with. I mean, I did it with a guy that was, you know, that was competent. Yeah, I yeah, could yeah, take the yeah, job. Yeah, you yeah. knew he could. Right, he exactly. Was gonna, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Misdirect, yeah. He ate it so well. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. He's never forgiven me. <laughs> and it was terrible because I, it turned out he really wasn't very good, but I guess I didn't think that. Yeah. I right. thought that he was. Right, right. And so there was, a, but in fact, when he started off and he was just awful, the crowd was like, well, she was not kidding. Oh, no. Right. Yeah, we had a friend. We were talking with recently about like a, a booker in LA who does still does those bringer shows, which is crazy. Yeah. But she was talking about how she was on stage once during her set, and the booker emailed her saying she didn't hadn't brought enough people. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> and so Sorry. she couldn't go on. I don't know. Like I think she was. I don't know what happened at that point, but I was just like dying laughing that she was emailing her just while to she was shame on stage. her. I think like we should. We I think just to just, shame her and be like, put you on like yeah, you, you know. Wow. <laughs> I mean, power trip. I you know I could not have been a comic under those circumstances. Yeah. Because I didn't do them. I refused. Yeah, I, didn't either. Yeah. I, I feel like you can you can you can go around them. I don't have. Friends, <laughs> do you not have friends? No. Mrs. Bump, I, I, come on. I, yeah, I Mrs. Bump have. would be there. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? Um, when I first started out in Boston, um, I became reacquainted with my eighth grade English teacher, Mrs. Forbes, and Mrs. Forbes was an eighth grade English teacher. Yeah. She, uh, she had her hair set. That you know, like she was of that generation that they had their hair set. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she wore not not high heels, but heels. You know, like a, a you know like that a, a couple inch yeah. heels every day. Uh, she wore dresses. Um, she was not flamboyant in terms of her dress. Mm-hmm. It was you, you know, but uh, you know, she wore like you know tapered skirts stockings mm-hmm. <laughs> um we thought she was old then she wasn't but we thought she was right. and uh and she and she was a terrific english teacher um but uh i became reacquainted with her for i can't even remember what reason mm-hmm. once i started doing stand-up and i was living at, you know living in boston and she came to see me a couple of times and uh, I remember one, she, she'd come once and then she was going to come again. And I, you know, and you'd be in these weird places, you know, she'd go, oh, where can yeah. I see you? And I yeah. would say, well, you know, I'm going to be at, you know, Bernie's Bar and Grill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, like these horrible places that weren't like show. You, yeah. you don't want to alarm yeah. the people that like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. We, uh, we used to have... Um, 
shit like paper dolls and stuff when I was growing up. Like, and one of the jokes that you might do with your paper doll is that you'd have you'd you cut the paper doll out from it's a sort of a coloring book look looking uh, book, and uh, and there would be these backgrounds, right? Maybe a jungle or a restaurant or uh, I don't know a coal mine or probably not a coal mine. Come to think of it, but or classroom. <laughs> Mrs. Forbes coming to my shows was like taking a paper doll. It's so like a great joke you would do with your friends. Is put the paper doll in a place where it didn't belong. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so one of the great jokes, you know, right. So so Mrs. Forbes coming to my show is she she just didn't belong there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. It, uh, so I it, one time she wanted to know, and and I only would have like a handful of dates ever, mm-hmm. uh, so there weren't a lot to choose from. I couldn't go. Well, wait, wait till I'm in the good place uh, right. because I wasn't going to get be in a good place. So. Uh, one time I told her about a show that I was doing on St. Pat- Patrick's Day. I never thought it through. Ooh, oh, no. And neither did Mrs. Forbes. <laughs> oh, no. That it was Boston. Oh, my <laughs> God. You shouldn't and even St. go outside. Yeah. No. So the, the sh- I mean, it was drunks. Yeah. It was not, you know, the comics were course, drunk, not me, but the others. Um, yeah, the comics were drunk. The audience was drunk. There weren't all that many. It wasn't like a huge audience. Anyway, mm-hmm. it wasn't even a place with a stage, I don't think. I think they just had the person standing in front of the bar with a microphone. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. And Mrs. Forbes, who was the type of woman that when she sat, she folded her hands on her lap and her legs were crossed <laughs> um, at the cabs, right? Yeah. She was that generation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, you know... And I was just deeply humiliated that she was there. Uh, and after the, ch- and of course I did right. terrible. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I mean, if there had been an email at that time, she might've been emailing me that I didn't bring enough people. <laughs> but she, you know, I came off and I said, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she was like, I thought you were wonderful. Aww. You know, she was like, I forget why I'm telling you that other than just she like how told, she probably could tell you were still great. It was just the environment. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was. No, I it was. <laughs> I think she was traumatized. I mean, <laughs> I think she was. I lost track of her there for a while. And I'm pretty sure it was, it was that. <laughs> she was like, well, we'll just see how Paula turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think she was surprised to find I was still doing it years later. (laughs) We'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Lady to Lady, and we are back with our guest, Paula Poundstone. We're going to do, we have a, um, a section where we give advice to people. Do you want to help us give advice to someone? Do I ever? <laughs> because you can tell from the background that I've sketched of myself that if I'm full of one thing, it's advice for other people. <laughs> <laughs> you, okay, don't, you don't build a success story like mine <laughs> without, you know, knowing the ins and outs of life, without knowing some hacks, if you know what I mean. If you, you, look, you know what? Let me just... All right. I know that it 
audio, not video, but for you guys, look, wow. I got a foosball table. Yeah. I got. Is that a, a drum set? Uh, a drum set? I got that cat uh, yeah. tree that's all shredded. Oh. You don't get shit like that if you don't know what you're that's doing. <laughs> Frankly, you're living the dream. You don't get 10 cats oh, if you don't know what kidding. you're doing. Let's start there. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. They only give them to you if you're skilled at life. I think that's the yeah, rule. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to answer. It's a, 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 you have to answer a, a, a rigid questionnaire. <laughs> they do have to come to your house and make sure that you have a, fo- a foosball table and yeah. a cat tray oh, before. Oh, you, they give you can't food. get 10 cats without a foosball table. <laughs> No. Are you kidding me? Exactly. Okay. Well, this was about this is about social media. This problem. So I, oh, yeah, I know boy. you. So we'll see what you, what you have to say. But I'll read it. It's written in. So here we go, ladies. Here's my lady problem. One of my closest friends battles with severe depression and anxiety. We met a decade ago. Oh, both fuck, were- she's outing me. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. It's going to be so, so awkward. This is, this is from Miss Bump. This actually. is an she- intervention. <laughs> 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 the subject was I'm still alive. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> we. I met my friend working a decade ago in rest in a restaurant, and we really bonded and have been close since then. She's always struggled with this since I've known her. And like any mental health issue, sometimes it's better than others. She one thing that I know really affects her negatively is social media. She seems to take things really personally. And it seems like seeing other people's lives when she's not feeling great about her own really triggers a lot of depressed and angry feelings for her. The problem is she will not put it down. I personally pulled back a bit from social media and felt it really helped my mental health. And I know it would be really good for her. I've tried to casually mention this because, you know, we're all adults and we don't want to be told what to do, but she won't put it down. I get the sense that it's what she does when she wakes up and goes to sleep. She just scrolls and gets upset, feels left out or not enough, and all that triggering stuff that comes with it. So I'm kind of frustrated with her for not really making an effort to cut it out of her life more. I think in her mind she needs it, but she really doesn't, especially when it's so obviously detrimental to her state of mind. It's tough because I love her, but when she isn't helping herself out of these dips, it can be hard to see a light at the end of the tunnel for her. Do you have any advice about talking to her about something like this or any tips on how to ease back on using social media? First of all, write back to her and say, I'm trying, you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My son was an electronics addict. Oh, really? And um, before people understood that that was possible. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was he was like patient X. Um, <laughs> and it was awful. Mm-hmm. Awful. Yeah. I, I, I didn't you know, I put him in front of a computer when he was three because I thought I was giving him some sort of academic leg up. Yeah. Um, and it was really one of the most detrimental things that ever happened to him. Um, Did he become it, addicted to like games and stuff? Or yes. What? Yeah. Yes. Okay. But, you know, just any kind of electronics. Um, you know, he literally could never sit in the front seat of my car because he couldn't keep his hands off the, the buttons and the GPS screen. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. I ended, up, I, I ended up in France once when I was trying to drive to Oxnard uh, because he kept <laughs> fucking with the thing. Um, yeah. That, but, you know, it's, it's addiction like any other. Um, and it's funny because I fall prey to it and I know better. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, we all do. Yeah. People who design um, this shit are addicted to it. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And some of them, like, you know, like the guy who made the nuclear weapon, some of them recognize what they did now. Yes. And there are, you know, there's a handful of people that have come forward and said, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but yes, they purposely made these things addictive. They work with psychologists right. and experts on the brain literally um, to help them design more addictive um yeah, uh, you know, uh, apps and device, you know, so it is a real addiction, just like any other. Yeah. Um, and therefore, the likelihood of talking her friend out of it is pretty slim. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, I think that one could offer alternative experiences, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, I find just walking is like so good for my, Same. Uh, yeah, yeah, for my mental health. Um, and I am forced to walk because of the big dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you know, if I, if it was just me by myself, I'm not as likely to do it, but you know, my, my goal from the time I get up in the morning is to tire my dogs out. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that means I'm really enjoying them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it does, it makes you get up and out. And I think like, yeah, I, I don't, if I take my phone, which I usually don't on walks, I try not to. I'll I I don't look at it. You know, it's like I'm out there, yeah. out there in the world, like letting my brain do its own thing. Because um, yeah, I think that is the really other important. thing is, and she might want to try this, which is, I honestly I have I have very few friends, and so my no one, I hardly anybody contacts me. <laughs> <laughs> so. That really cuts down on my social media use. <laughs> I just no one, no one like writes witticisms back and forth with me or anything like that. Oh, you're and so you're inviting they, a yeah, lot that, of replies now, Paula. I've, yeah, I've, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's made my life, you know, better. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but it really is, and you know. I think we've all had that experience where we, you know, I, there used to be a guy in San Francisco, a comic that was, uh, he, he, he didn't seem to believe that he should have to have a day job. And this is when we all had day jobs mm -hmm. We know, people and he didn't that, think yeah. that he should, he thought it was somehow beneath mm -hmm. him. He was really screwed up mentally. Um, but so he was always borrowing money from everybody and none of us had money. <laughs> yeah, we all course. had day jobs and we all wanted to be comics professionally. Mm -hmm. And some of us got to the place where you could dump the day job, but now you're really right. strapped for cash, yes. right? Because you may, you know, what we make like 10 bucks a night or something yeah. telling our little jokes. And this guy was always hitting us up and he was, he was so screwed up in so many ways, but it, the things that you could tell him were so uh, like, get a job, mm -hmm. right? There was so, it, it was so easy to spot. Yeah. Right, uh, right, right. That, That's I don't very straightforward. I don't think there was one person in our group that didn't at one time or another uh, come out of a room from talking with this guy and feel like, okay, fixed him. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, because the advice was not subtle. Yeah. It wasn't hard to ferret out. It was, a, get a job. Mm -hmm. Don't borrow any more money. Stop drinking. Right. He was, <laughs> yeah. And concrete. I, I think he was. Yeah. But it never worked because those things don't 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's so, similar to like not liking someone's partner. Like you can't really say there's nothing you can do until they figure it out. Yeah. You know? yeah. Everyone has their own like, oh. rock bottoms of certain kinds. They need oh, to so you're not supposed to say anything? Do you say something <laughs> when you don't like someone's partner? I mean, you can. I just don't think it works often, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, like I'll ask like like questions to be like I'm giving you a very open door if you would like to start a conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that tends to be what I do. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually one of my best friends uh was with a guy that I just thought was gross and uh I I managed to keep my mouth shut, which is not something I usually I'm good at, and uh, and they ended up breaking up, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, am I glad I never said anything?" <laughs> um, you know, because uh, yeah. But then you missed out on saying I was right. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> so. What I did was, I said, "I never told you this." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There because you, you know what, life is not a competition. But if it was. I got a point for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> In one of my notebooks, there's just a little check mark. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for like the social media stuff, it is hard because yeah, you can't really, and it's so ever present in their thing. It's not like, of course you can say like, hey, let's go do something, but you can't, tell them to not be on their phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're going to bring the phone anyway in, w- to the activity. Right. Yeah. And you're not like their parent. No. Yeah. Oh, oh, I have an idea. She could, Invite her friend camping. Mm-hmm. And oh, there we go. Okay. And don't say that she can't bring the phone, but there's nowhere to charge it. Oh, and so yeah. after like a day, you know, her friend will be like crawling up the sides of the nylon tent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to detox. Yeah. I think you bring them to a place where there's no reception. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. even have to and wait then, and then the yeah. phone dies. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you yeah. do like, we need a waiting period yeah. until yeah. they get yeah. out of their system. Well, I, and it's good to bring a patch. Yes. Um, to help with the withdrawal, <laughs> just a patch. Yeah. Just a little patch of of uh, people being success photos of people being successful. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. People who are like <laughs> things yeah. you don't want to yeah, see. Tanner than you. Yeah. Smoothies you can't <laughs> afford. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I used to always say to my kids, you know, because they, if sometimes they were feeling, they'd be like, oh, I'm the worst, blah, blah, blah. And I go, well, wouldn't that be great? Because, you know, you'd stand out because you're the very worst. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> it was, you know, then people would know you because you were the very, I go, but you're not, you're not that lucky. Yeah. Honestly, you're in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. You're not the best and you're not the worst. You're somewhere in the middle. Uh, you know, you can, I don't know, I guess you could work to move up. I suppose. Yeah, like, or down. You're somewhere you're in the middle. Through, yeah. and, and join the fucking club. Yeah. Most of us are in the middle for most things, you know, and it's, middle's a great place. Except on a plane. Well, yes. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I know. Yeah. I at least like, because I, I think social media can be such a trap of just like the what you don't have that like I, yeah. I, I've gone through periods where like, number one, I find that you do need to detox from it. But like once I've deleted social media off my phone for a few days, I stop checking it and it becomes, it's nicer. I also will have different things on my phone that I want to do instead. Like I have Duolingo. I have like, you know, mm, like things idea. like that that I want to do instead. If I, if I just want to have my phone out. Um, I also like have done times in, in, when things have been like hard mentally, I do gratitude lists where like I'll start every morning and be like, 
what are 10 things that I'm grateful for right now to try to like get your head in the headspace of like, there are good things in my life. So then if you do pull out the phone and you see all this stuff that you wish you had, you're like, well, but I do have this. And like, this is, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's the same as like with, with a host. It's practicing. It's like, you don't want to say, hey, this audience is bad. Like you just going to social media is you saying, hey, my life is bad. You know? What? Where are you seeing? Is it Facebook? Where Where are people posting how oh great my their God. life is? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. TikTok. Everywhere. Yeah. I, n- I never Everywhere. see stuff like oh, that. Yeah, on Instagram, yeah. where people are saying my life well, is Instagram, great. Well, I don't think it's it's not necessarily that, but it's people posting. You know, a lot of people are posting big moments in their life, mm-hmm. and in comparison, yeah. you can feel yeah. like, oh my god, they're they they have the job that I want. They have or this that I want. Or it's a party you're not at. Like or it's it's like a yeah, hot yeah. celebrity mm-hmm. that is totally made up with a makeup artist that is totally unattainable for somebody to have in their everyday life. So it's like images right. of beauty and perfection and, 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 and it's a way it's people, the highlight reel. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, you know what I'm finding on Twitter recently? And I, you know, I don't know what Elon Musk has done to my Twitter. Oh, it's, all garbage. <laughs> it's, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's been at this, it, when, when he first took over, the amount of followers that I had dropped precipitously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then it went back up to where it was and it hasn't budged. And yet I'll see on the feed, it'll say so-and-so followed you, so-and-so followed you, this part, right? So it doesn't make sense to me that it hasn't budged. But I, I stopped caring really a while ago because I'm like, well, I don't think that number means yeah. anything. And, I, I, you know, I, for whatever goofy, stupid reason, I enjoy thinking of shit and writing it and posting it. And that's that. But the people that I follow, um, when I first got a Twitter account, my manager started it for me. And one, she, somebody told her that the way you get followers is to follow other people. Ah. So she would literally just sit with the, (laughs) you know, computer following people. And I, she would explain it to me, but I never understood it. Um, but she would say like, oh, I'd go to the Starbucks page and just follow people that were on the, st- I have no idea why, but therefore, although I have added in people that I follow very intentionally, there were literally thousands of people that I don't know. I have no, uh, I have no, like I'll read things that people post that are the opposite of my views politically mm-hmm. and I never get rid of them mm-hmm. because say. I'm because yes, because I'm interested to know. Right. But even that, even like the people that I follow, they don't appear to all be there anymore. No, uh, it's maybe never, they went it's someplace. not like people you follow too. It's yeah. like an, it's, they're showing you people who aren't in it's your feed. It's become a, like it's a, a Halloween it's, warehouse. It's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> but recently, what I notice is, uh, again, these are strangers. These are not people that I know. But when I notice like uh, a real bump in this kind of post, which is my husband just died and I'm heartbroken. And I think to myself, and sometimes they literally say like an hour ago. Oh, my God. Or, uh, you know, and I'm like. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, why, why are you on Twitter? Are you, yeah. you do see yeah. that shit. Yeah. yeah, you do. Mine shows so I, me just violent fights. That's what's in my really? Twitter algorithm these days. Super see, fun. We're all seeing different things because mine found out that I have a that I like Real Housewives, so I only see housewife stuff. 
I mean, oh, I must have awful. watched yeah. one video of a fight, and now and I'm like, cool. This is not yeah. what this I want. This is why we're devolving into absolute chaos as a species. Like we don't, we are gonna have less and less of the same reality as time moves forward. Like we're none mm-hmm. of us. Yeah, when, that's the problem. Yeah, with we all have media. different bubbles. We all have different bubbles, and when you spend too much time on there, you are living in a reality that exists for nobody else. That like yeah. was mm-hmm. just illustrated by our different feeds. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> e- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the other thing I get is a lot of dead pets. Uh, a lot of people yeah. posting pictures of their pets and saying it was my best friend. Yeah. You know, and now, yeah. Y- yeah. you know, yeah. And I used to respond. I used to write and go, oh, I'm so sorry. And then after a while, I'm like, well, for Christ's sakes, you know, <laughs> it's too sad. Yeah. Oh, no, here's the thing. When you get a pet, unless you get a tortoise or an exotic bird. Yeah. You're going to bury that pet. Yeah. Or you're going to, you know, that pet's going to die. And and that's part of the circle of life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I'm saying this right in front of Theo. Theo. I'm not going to live forever. <laughs> Theo's like, little does Paula know, I. <laughs> a cat would. And, they, and by the way, yeah. and they are going to suck the money out of you in their last few months of yeah. life. Yes. Because that's what you took on. Yeah. yeah. I know, I'm, but I'm still posting about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're still human. We're still human. I was at a... I was at a vet one time with my cat, Smike, and Smike had an eye problem of some sort, and I was sent to, like, a specialist. And uh, we're sitting in the waiting room, and, you know, he she, she was in her carrier, and we're sitting in the waiting room, and the vet comes out talking to the person sitting beside me, I swear I'm not making this up, about their, um, I think it was a dog, getting contact lenses oh my god <laughs> and i i turned to my cat i said you are not fucking getting contact lenses. <laughs> oh my gosh how the hell do you put contacts on a dog <laughs> i said to my cat i said you can have a seeing eye dog but you are not i think a monocle lenses. i think a monocle obviously. for the cat would be yes, appropriate. Yes, <laughs> that's the move and well that uh Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, and that is now that we've all talked about it, maybe that can be our new algorithm. Just cats with monocles. I would love cats that. and monocles. That's what yes. I'm putting out there for us. Yes. That's yes. what I'm going to see in my Twitter feed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're probably going to get a lot of that. How do you guys not step on one another when you talk? Like we on my podcast, we're forever bumping into each other, not intentionally, but there's a there's a delay. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we're forever tripping over one another. And I noticed you guys don't do that. Why? It happens sometimes. But also, I think just because we've had the show for 10 years, we kind of just can we we almost like we just kind of know finish each other's thoughts. Yeah. 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 We're basically like one person in a three person shirt. We are just yeah. kind of operating. Yeah. We, <laughs> wow. we physically did wow. have a three person shirt for a sketch at one point. <laughs> so what I would suggest is maybe to get a four person shirt for you and your co-hosts. Yeah. Yes. Walk around in it for a day. And that might be the team building exercise that you guys need. <laughs> when I was in the school for fucked up kids. By the way, every time you say that, I us- see like a fancy sign on a lawn that says school for fucked up kids. See, I see a bumper sticker that says honor honor student at the school for fucked up kids. (laughs) Yeah, we had a hell of a football team. Um, The crowbars, yeah. One time they made us do this stupid thing where we had to choose a partner, and I chose my best friend, Steve. Uh And uh, 
And we, one of us, one of the partners, we had to take turns being blindfolded and having the, you know, your, your sighted partner mm-hmm. walk you around mm. um, and, you know, keep you safe. It was some sort of trust building thing. Now, I think Steve and I trusted one another just fine. I think we had a, a lot of trust in our relationship. But when he was blindfolded, I remember we were going up these outside wooden stairs. And, um, uh, and, and, and my friend Martha was leaving. And when I saw her leaving, I turned to wave. <laughs> and I, you know, I walked Steve right into a pole. <laughs> and, uh, I don't really think it had anything to do with trust or not trust. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, no matter how much I trust him, I'm not staring at him all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think it was helpful. But I, you, I think you guys are telling me that you you could you could do the, the trust walk. We could. The blindfolded trust yeah. walk because you all know one another so well, you know. Yeah. That's we're, yeah. That's impressive. And we're doing the okay. We're doing this on, on our. our <laughs> we're gonna do a twenty-four hour live stream. We got to do this. Yeah. 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 We'll do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Paula, before we go, I just need to tell you, like, it's been so awesome talking to you. Like, you're the first person I ever saw doing stand up as a kid. Like, I have a very distinct memory of watching your HBO special and being like, "Oh, you can do that." And yeah. so it's very awesome and cool talking to you. And like. I, I, very, yeah. very. Turns cool. out, well, I'm very flat. You are Thank someone you. else's Judy Garland yeah, already. Yeah, like I, really, like, and honestly, yeah. it's kind of trippy seeing you Genuinely. in front of Lucy because, like, as I got older, people would say shit like, "Oh, are women funny?" But like, it never even occurred to me that that would be a question because I grew up watching you and Lucy. <laughs> like, I'm fucking. Yeah. Bored. You know what, like, Jerry Lewis. Ugh. In, in his less, um, I mean, I don't know, they say he was very, very beloved in France, and maybe he was, <laughs> um, but when he was no longer making, you know, funny Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, you know, right, when he was not in the public eye the way that he had once been, mm-hmm. uh, he started saying shit like, oh, women aren't funny. It was just to be controversial. Right. It was just to get attention. Yeah. Um, it's that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, how could you take, you know, the gr- the greater half of the population? And it, I mean, it's just stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just yeah, dumb. Uh, I don't know. What the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, right. Yeah. Let's yeah. start that rumor. Men cannot eat soup. <laughs> I, I used to say to people, I go, unless. Unless you have to tell jokes while bending over. And, and leaning, you, 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 bending at a right angle at the waist and leaning your head on a wall and picking up a chair, uh, there, then there's no difference between a man and a woman telling <laughs> jokes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, you're incredible. We're so honored to chat with you and have you on the show. Well, this was really fun. Thank you. And now I am going to get the four person shirt yeah so that my partners and i don't talk over each other and it's a write-off you know yeah (laughs) and then the 10 person shirt for the cats and then we just go oh my gosh yeah (laughs) Uh, wouldn't it be great to just take the whole family out in one shirt Uh, 
I mean, oh my a dream, God, really? <laughs> yeah. The two dogs in the front pulling everybody else behind. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, we have to stay together. We're all in the same shirt. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I like what it says. Yeah. Well, you guys, thank you so thank much. You, uh, I, I, it was really fun. Yeah. Thank you. And go check out Paula's website for all of her dates coming to a town near you at paulapoundstone.com. She obviously so hilarious and so fun to yeah. watch and thank you so much for hanging out with us it's been so fun thank you and the other thing is if you don't like me you're gonna want to know when i'm in town <laughs> yeah where to avoid <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah. find out where not yeah. to go yes yeah exactly exactly all right you guys uh, take care thank Thanks, you Paula. all right bye Paula. three two three six but thirty it's six but thirty somewhere hi ladies Okay, to the incredible craft woman who called in with the lady problem in the most recent episode about how to get her name out there and kind of jumpstart her craft business. Um, I'm not sure, like, what area you live in or if there are a lot of farmer's markets or local vending opportunities where there's, like, a craft fair or, yeah, like, a market of some kind. But in my experience, I feel like Being able to set up a booth there is an excellent opportunity to get your name out there in your community because you have a captive audience of people who come to those kinds of events looking for exactly what you're selling. And so I would just recommend on top of everything with socials and everything else that the ladies recommended to, yeah, see if there are any local events where you could vend your pieces. Um, Best of luck. I hope that it goes incredibly well. You're going to do great. Thank you. Love you, ladies. Bye. Hi, ladies. Uh, long-time listener and frequent caller at this point. We're pretty much best friends now. Um, anyways, I was just listening to uh, Barbara's telling of her gift card flipbook and how she just, like, stores gift cards. And I just want to say, you know, Social Security is going to crash, and none of us, you know, in our generation are going to get that shit. So save those gift cards, girl, and use them when you're old and you will eat like a queen. Um, also, I would definitely listen to a investigative podcast about you finding Michael and Sarah, the givers of the gift card. Anywho, toodles. Lady to Lady is produced by Katie Levine. Get tons of bonus content, discounted tickets for live shows, and lots more at patreon.com slash lady to lady. Follow us on Instagram at lady, the number two, lady comedy. And give your input on lady problems and get info about upcoming live shows. And hey, don't forget to follow our individual accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Babs Gray, Brandazzle, and Testify Barker. Follow Lady to Lady on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, you can rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Lady to Lady merch.